0: Hello, and thank you for listening to my podcast. I'm Katri MacDonald, and I'm a professional coach. I work with individuals, businesses, organisations, working with people to help them find clarity and focus in everyday life and at work. Something that comes up quite a lot is decision-making. How do you make a timely, clear uh, decision with conviction. It helps us in our everyday lives and at work and in business and the greater the pressure, the greater the stress, the more difficult very often it is to make the right decisions. Did you know that we apparently make around 35,000 decisions a day? That's a lot isn't it? Lots of them are inconsequential and unconscious You know, am I going to have that second cup of coffee? You don't spend ages thinking about that and it doesn't really have a lot of impact on anyone else. But then there are also many decisions that have substantial impact on other people as well as our own lives and the directions that we take. Without all these decisions we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning if you think about it and Many of us have the belief that we're bad at making decisions. If you're one of them and you think you're not good at making decisions, remind yourself you're constantly making them. And mostly they turn out fine. Trusting yourself really helps and changing that script to actually I'm okay at making decisions, I can do it, I do do it, can help a lot. One thing that is absolutely true is that procrastination is not helpful. When it comes to some of the bigger life and business decisions, putting them off and procrastinating is one of the biggest things that hold us back, I think. We just find ourselves getting really stuck. The period of time when we don't bite the bullet and make a decision is a really frustrating one. It's really unproductive. It's a sort of limbo state, isn't it, where we can lose energy, we lose the motivation and actually it's quite a big waste of time. Especially if other people are waiting for you to make a decision uh, in the workplace, for example, and you can really lose their engagement and momentum is lost. So something that's different to procrastination is actually deciding not to do anything. So making that decision, actually, we're not going to do anything for the moment, we will check in in X amount of time, is a decision in itself. The outcome is different to that of procrastination. Decide it, make sure you then leave the question or issue and don't go back to it continually, ruminating, going round and round and round and beating yourself up, wondering what might have been. It's a good thing to give yourself a timescale decide we're not going to do anything for a clear period of time and then put in a date for revisiting it. This is much, much better than going over and over and over something with no firm decision and just putting it off. And, of course, deciding not to do anything has to be for the right reasons. It's just not an excuse to put something off. Taking action, of course, is a really good option because then you're moving forward. You've broken the status quo. You're giving yourself the opportunity to start getting insights. You'll never know what taking action will bring until you actually do it. You can go through all the scenarios, but you'll never know for real until you take that step. A really good quote that I like that is very, very useful when it comes to decision making is, take action and insight follows. So even if you take the smallest step forward, the smallest action, then you can start testing, then you can start finding out, getting the insight that you need. And what if it turns out to be a bad decision? Well, to start with, what is a bad decision? That's very subjective, isn't it? I like to think there's no bad decisions, it's just the opportunity to learn. And it's you that chooses to label it as bad. What if you reframed it? and called it something else? What if you called it a chance to learn, an exploration, fact-finding mission, a curious project, whatever words you decide to use, think about it as finding out, gaining insight on something that you never would have otherwise. You're doing what you think is right with the information you have at that moment in time. And that's all any of us can do. And even with the big decisions, the big business decisions, If you can break them down into small decisions with timescales, you can keep on checking in and going, Okay, so now we need to make the next decision. Where are we with this? What insights have we got? Very often with decision-making, we need to do some research. We need to get some data. But not everybody has the same attitude to data gathering. Some people will spend months researching A new washing machine, for example, um, only to find out that actually the one that they needed is now double the price or has gone out of stock. Other people will just jump on and buy the first one that they see and they'll never give it another thought. As long as it works, as long as it does the job, they just don't think about it. They don't ruminate. There is some balance to be had there, isn't there, when it comes to business and life decisions that are more important and have different consequences to buying a washing machine. But what is the right amount of data gathering? What is the right amount of research? I mean, you could go on forever finding more data. You can go on all sorts of rabbit holes, can't you? But you can make the situation worse if you keep people holding on for a long time. Your staff or your team might get frustrated. They might get confused with all the data. It's really hard to make a clear decision then if they've just got too much information. Here it's really, really advisable to give yourself a timescale. Give yourself a period of time for research and information gathering and then a deadline for the decision. Now, one thing which I think is absolutely imperative when it comes to decision making is the importance of conviction. Once a decision is made, it's so important to dedicate yourself with conviction to that decision. There's just no point being half-hearted about it. I mean, sometimes if you're half-hearted about it, you kind of hope, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, I was never very sure about it anyway, so actually you can't blame me. And you're kind of giving yourself um, a licence to fail. Conviction is so important. Get behind your decision, remain open-minded then. That after a certain amount of time, after a deadline deadline, Um, you can then say, let's let's go back, let's evaluate. Let's look at what all the insights are. Where are we? What is the next decision that we need to make? If certain aspects aren't working, you can tweak. You can come to making another decision. You can say that you need further research or data. It's useful to remember that each decision we make is not the last one. There will be more after that so from working with lots of people on decision making that i've gathered some information and some patterns and some useful routines that might help you to follow when you're making decisions so to start with i always think of definition how would you define succinctly what the decision is that needs to be made Because that's really important, isn't it? If everybody's a little bit vague about what the decision is, you might get a slightly unfocused or unclear outcome. Then consider others. Who's affected by each option? Do you need their support? Do you need their buy-in? If so, it's really useful to work with them to make sure that they're engaged and motivated by the process. A top-down decision that's just imposed on a team isn't always taken on board in the same way. I understand it's not always possible or appropriate to ask others or to involve others. Then outcome. What would you like the outcome to be? There always needs to be an outcome, doesn't there, from a decision. And once you've worked out the outcome, you can consider the options. What are the options and which one best aligns with the desired outcome? From this, you can look At consequences, what are the consequences of each option? You need to take it a step further. Think, okay, so if I do this, what might happen? There will be good and bad. There will be risks. Can you mitigate the risks? How can you address the risks? You should, by this stage, be narrowing down the options to the ones that best align with your desired outcome. And you should be getting enough information to move forwards towards making a decision. You might have some gaps in the information and data, and if so, set yourself a deadline for gathering this. Once all of this has been done, it's time to choose, to make the decision. And then, just as we defined the question, the decision that needed to be made at the beginning, now it's really useful to define clearly what you've decided to do with the timescales. And from that, you need actions. What do you need to do? Who else is involved? Who else needs to take on some actions? You can allocate responsibilities if that's necessary. Set a timescale, as I said. Set clear milestones for the actions needed and a date for when you'll check in and evaluate. And then commit. Get behind it with conviction. Whilst keeping an open mind and accepting that some tweaks, changes might be made in, if the outcome isn't met. So if you work through that, and this is all on my website, in my blog, you can step through it and it really helps you shape and get the confidence behind you to make these decisions. Some questions that are really, really useful to ask when you're facing um, a big decision is to ask yourself, what if you couldn't fail? What if you could only learn? Fear of failure is a huge obstacle, isn't it, when making decisions? in general in life and I have got a podcast on this if you want to have a little listen to that you know what impact does fear of failure have on us another question is what if you trusted yourself to make the best decision available to you trusting yourself in so many areas in life is absolutely imperative and when it comes to decision making if you don't trust yourself you'll keep on questioning yourself you'll keep on doubting yourself And you won't have that conviction that's needed. Ask yourself, is there something else holding you back? There might be a fear of what other people think, for example. And there's a whole host of things on my podcasts around what might be holding you back. So what sort of things can get in the way of effective decision making? As I said, that kind of lack of self-belief, that lack of trust... You'll never feel you're making the right decision if you're always questioning yourself. There's also that refusal to face up to the need for change. You might not like change. You might put it out of your mind. You might put it off. But most decisions lead to change, don't they? There might be too much attachment to the unknown, or to the known, I mean, and and to the fear of the unknown So you're attached to what you know, to your daily routine, to the things that happen, that you feel comfortable with. And that really creates a resistance to making a a quick decision, particularly. You might, as I was saying earlier, have this need for more data, for more information. But very often this is an excuse, isn't it, to procrastinate. Make sure that you're aware of this. Call yourself out on it. Give yourself a timescale. Something that is more difficult, perhaps, to um, address is the fact that you need to reach a consensus. If you're working with other people, with a team, and everybody needs to agree, that is quite a challenge. And, you know, deadlock does happen. It's really helpful beforehand to agree what might happen if we can't reach consensus. So you've got an outline, you've got a framework around it if there is disagreement. If you don't need consensus with a team, but you're an advice or approval junkie, similarly, you'll find it difficult to make decisions, especially if they impact other people or if you don't get validation. Give yourself a deadline. Make the decision. And it can help to listen to your gut instinct. Which brings me on to gut instinct and intuition. How much do of a part does intuition and gut instinct play in decision making this really depends doesn't it It depends on so many different things particularly on how other people will be impacted you can listen to your gut and do something for yourself that might not impact others and the consequences might not be so bad but if it impacts others you need to be able to explain why you made that decision And so that intuition needs to be balanced with insight, research and experience and evidence so that then going with your gut instinct really does increase your level of conviction because you've got that background information. If you just rely on your instinct and have no insight or evidence or research then your emotion might skew the decision. Sometimes this is okay if it's not, you know, a big decision that's going to impact other people and there's little risk. But really, in business and some of the bigger life decisions, or if it's going to impact other people, you need to really get some other information together as well as listening to your intuition. Again, once a decision is made, you need to follow quickly. Make sure that you act quickly. Having a lag after a decision has been made, you just lose impact, you lose momentum. With decision-making, practice makes progress. As with so many things, the more you do it, the better you get, the more you trust yourself. And so you can start challenging yourself, especially if you think you're an indecisive person, to actually get a bit of boldness, um, get a bit confident with the smaller decisions. So the inconsequential decisions, You know, the kind of what's on a menu. If you're really dither around what to eat, what's on a menu, time yourself. Say, I'm giving myself 10 seconds to choose. And then, you know, what's the worst thing that happens? You might see somebody else has something you would have liked to have had. But, you know, it's not a big problem. Have a bit of fun with it. Start challenging yourself to make quicker decisions with more conviction. And you'll find that you start trusting yourself on the more important decisions. And you'll find that you feel a little bit more decisive which is all part of challenging your beliefs, isn't it? You need to challenge your beliefs around decision-making. If you think, I'm an indecisive person, oh, I'm no good at making decisions, you need to challenge it because you're going to have problems making decisions, the bigger ones particularly. So ask yourself, what would it be like if you were good at making decisions? What if you were to become more decisive? Start convincing yourself that you are decisive and confident. And tell people, stop saying, oh, I'm no good at making decisions. Start saying, yes, I'm good at making decisions. So next time you're facing a decision, follow the decision-making process that I stepped through above. Ask yourself all those questions. What if? What if there was no fear? What if I was good at making decisions? Have some fun with the less important ones. Build up your skill set with the more important decisions. And forgive yourself for making mistakes. We all make mistakes. Break down the big decisions into smaller steps with time scales where you realize that actually, if I check in in this amount of time, I can rectify, we can redirect, we can make another decision, we can learn from them. And that is where a truly growth mindset kicks in, isn't it? That every decision is an opportunity to learn and to. Be better at it next time. As I said, all of this is in my blog if you want to check in and read it there. And thank you very, very much for listening. If you've got any comments, do get in touch. It's Mac at gmail.com.